0: ¡Dale, every Wednesday over the past six and a half years, we've brought you thousands of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. My name's Leon Cox, and this is the 299th Sound of Play podcast. We open the show there with a track that I've picked because the game from which it comes just came back into my mind recently. It was partly McKeel selecting a track a couple of Sound of Plays Ago from Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha, which was the specific Sakura theme from the PS1 version of that game. And that game, although it's uh, not the same developer, that was Arika and Rival Schools, from which the track you just heard is from, is, was uh, one of Capcom's internal teams. But uh, it was one of their earlier attempts at making a, a 3D polygon game in-house. Came out in 97 in the arcades and 98 on PlayStation. Of course, it was followed up by Project Justice. Uh, big fan of the original Japanese title of Rival Schools, which is Shiritsu Justice Gakuen Rijon Obuhiroz. Forgive my pronunciation as always translates to private justice academy legion of heroes which is uh, which is quite excellent i think the opening theme there came back into my head then there was also a a video on a youtube channel recently i'm afraid i can't credit it but uh, seek out history of rival schools and it should come up detailing the the story of uh, rival schools and its sequel and appealing for some kind of modern re-release which is something i've mentioned a few times but Nothing doing so far. Certainly the sequel would, would seem to be the way to go. It was already a, a nice shiny 60 hertz game. And I think it would, uh, it would look perfectly nice running on a, on a modern console as a downloadable title. But yeah, the tune there was, uh, was one of those that I'd barely listened to in between times since probably 98, 99 and today or recently. And it was the, the opening theme for the PS1 version, which has a, a cool anime as you'd expect, uh, manga-style... No, anime was right the first time. Style vignettes of uh, of the action, the characters who are going to be... Uh, The other reason, of course, that Rival Schools came back into my head was the fact that uh, we are going to have a character, Akira, from Rival Schools appearing in Street Fighter. Which is curious because, as the video, the aforementioned video that I just aforementioned (laughs) (laughs) said they were they were quite specific to not uh, to make it clear capcom that street fighter and rival schools didn't happen in the same universe because the timeline would have been all messed up to do with uh, sakura's age and things like this but uh, but here we go again in 2021 with a rival schools a character returning the favor some nearly a quarter of a century later and appearing in the other game i'd be lying if i said I had strong memories of mo- most of the soundtracks from, from the Project Justice and Rival Schools games. But I did remember that opening theme when watching that video. Atsui Kodu by uh, Setsuo Yamamoto with a vocal by uh, Isao Isa Bito, who, uh, who I understand is uh, a pretty sort of famous, uh, certainly prolific Japanese vocalist whose credits go all the way back to the nineteen early, mid-1960s. He's now... Uh, in his 80s i think so uh, that's that's a bit of history right there uh, and the other thing to mention of course when it comes to music and rival schools seeing as i don't have anything pertinent to say about the in-game music for the stages i'm sure it was the usual fun lively stuff there is of course the band rival schools the post hardcore american band from new york city first around just after the original Rival Schools came out in 99. They lasted a few years in that incarnation until 2003. They called their first album United by Fate as after the the game itself. They went on hiatus and then uh, returned in 2008 and uh, still going, according to Wikipedia, which is nice. There was a brief time when there were, I'm sure there are others, but uh, off the top of my head, there were a few bands around that, if they didn't if they hadn't named themselves after games or characters from games there was a coincidence there there was there was a monkey island band i remember sagat not sure about that one could easily be something else as well and i am told that the band get cape where cape fly that takes its they took their name from a guide to super mario world in a magazine which makes sense <laughs> as is often the case with these solo shows, although I've selected a couple of picks from myself. We've got some requests from the community. First up for requests in Sound of Play 299, we've got a piece that I think remarkably we haven't featured before. It's certainly one that tickles my nostalgia bone. T-Bone 254, appropriately enough, requested this and says of all the music in Final Fantasy 7, this is the one that really hits me in the nostalgia feels. It's heard several times throughout the game. It sets up the heavy atmosphere of some of the early Midgar areas and is used in some of the more subtle and reflective scenes later on. Cloud's Cloud's flashback of his visit to Nibelheim with Sephiroth and the bonfire scene in Cosmo Canyon where the group questions their mission are two that come to mind. There is something about this piece that checks all the emotional boxes for me. It's melancholic and beautiful. There are plenty of other pieces that sound distinctly like Final Fantasy 7 and when I hear those other pieces, I automatically think of the game. But for me, at least, Anxious Heart is the only piece that really feels like Final Fantasy 7. magical and sad anxious heart by nobuo uematsu from final fantasy 7 we covered that game in our long run of final fantasy podcasts in the Kane and Rinse podcast issue 350 and we're going to be talking about the final fantasy 7 remake such as it is so far on uh, on the Kane and Rinse podcast later this year we actually put that one back with the announcement of the upgrade the uh and the edition the yuffie stuff and the the ps5 version so that's now later in the year than it was originally scheduled but uh find it in the usual places so yes you may have noticed that i mentioned uh when i opened the show that uh well the intro the 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 same the very same little paragraph that i wrote about seven years ago near enough to introduce, I think, almost every show, maybe not quite. I think maybe some of the specials and some of the ones where we've handed uh, the keys over to uh, members of the team to make their own shows for Sound of Play, which has all been amazing stuff. It was slightly different because we have made the decision to put Sound of Play on ice for a little while. A hiatus, a mothballing, a holiday, call it what you will. But we've decided that after 300 shows, we want to have a little refresh and a rest and think about what we want Sound of Play to be in the future. It's, uh, it's not that the listenership has plummeted far from it. It's never been spectacular, as I've never been shy of saying, uh, but it's consistent. And I do realize that probably... The people who are going to be most disappointed with this news are the ones, possibly a lot of the people who, who download and, and listen to every Sound of Play and, and enjoy it and appreciate it, and, but who we never hear from. Uh, but there are a few reasons we've decided, uh, we've made this, this decision. Uh, and as I say, absolutely don't think that Sound of Play is definitely gone forever. We will go away and reflect and pause and think about the Sound of Play or the video game podcast podcast video game music podcast that we want to make in the future. But the thing was, we were finding that uh, feedback was getting less to the point of almost being non-existent. Uh, The number of requests for pieces on the show were it's drying up. And again, no disrespect to those of you who have made those requests. We've been playing them, as you know, and we still are including this show. Uh, And, it's not that it's not that we want you know we 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 need constant uh, affirmation as to what we're doing. Uh, we you know, we it's not been that different really for the for the whole period. But also we wanted to think about making a more consistent show that has a a more uh, a format that we can stick with from week to week. Uh, whereas we think the show perhaps jumps around a little bit at the moment. Maybe you know, some of you are probably thinking, but, but but I like that. I like that when it's different. Another consideration is that we haven't had nearly so many composers sent our way from PRs and stuff in recent times. That was a, a really key part of the Sound of Play experience after I guess we probably didn't have any on for a while. But once we did start having guest composers on, that was a, a big part of the show. Now, some of those were offered to us, as I say, by their PRs when promoting work. That's fantastic. That's perfect. Other times we've invited people on, unsolicited, as it were. Uh, some some famous composers have n- said that they didn't really fancy it, and that's fine too. But we've had, as you know, a number of fantastic guests, some very high profile over the years, and that's been the real joy of it <clears throat> and i've enjoyed all of the kinds of shows that we've made just as much uh, whether it be community guests people from the team or the wider podcasting community or composers but uh, and yet yeah, we've had other other kinds of folks on as well just yeah for whatever reason they've come on that's that's been a lot of fun but of course arranging guests and making time to record with them is a is a much bigger deal than Simply sitting down on your own or with uh, one of the the rinse crew to to make a show whenever you can, and I think maybe if we if and when we do come back with more Sound of Play, I think that would I would like, if anything, that to be more of a cornerstone of the show, uh, and also yeah, I have I have a, put it this way: I have a lot of ideas, some of which I haven't even discussed with Jay and Ryan yet. Jay is editing this podcast, and uh, we are we will be all back together for Sound of Play three hundred. And we'll talk about, uh, well, we'll reflect on sound of play up to this point, Uh, possibly some more of this later. I may have said all I can or want to say on this for the time being. Obviously, if you now wish to take to your computer or smartphone and pour out your anger or upset or disappointment or beseeching us to continue feel free to do that it'll make us feel both wanted and loved and sad but it's not that like that's not the it's a it's a whole it's a whole bunch of reasons why we're going to mothball this uh, this fine show and also there are 300 of them out there with thousands of pieces of music uh, n- none of them have really aged as such i wouldn't have said the the shows maybe some of those promoting specific games but the music's still great on all the shows, if most of it is, if you like it, I guess. Uh, And so that archive will remain out there for people to enjoy for hopefully for years to come. Now in the style of Sound of Play, as we've always liked to do, we go from one kind of music to a very different kind. This is a request from a 2002 Game Boy Advance game, which is based on an early 80s Nintendo device. The Messenger 94 requests... One of my favourite game soundtracks is from a GBA game called Game & Watch Gallery 4. The soundtrack is filled with cool little catchy songs, and I think you guys would like it. And here is the shrill but joyous Mario Cement Factory music by Hirokazu Tanaka. Game & Watch Gallery 4 on the GBA back in 2002. There were several of those. I recall they were purchasable from possibly only in America and Japan. Uh, Originally, at least, you could get them for loyalty points from the Nintendo shop. This This is obviously from memory, as you can tell. But then I do recall having at least one of these. I wonder if they released a compilation cart or something in Europe of the games that had been released in. Bit by bit format, as it were, little. Yeah, I imagine the ones that you could order and send off for probably quite collectible now.
1: Hmm.
0: I didn't ever have a Mario Cement Factory game and watch. The one I had was the dual screen Donkey Kong. Actually, I say I had it. I didn't have it. I borrowed it off a friend for an extensive period of time. He was very kind and generous, having already completely beaten the game. And so I did the same. Now we move on to the next generation of Nintendo handhelds with our next selection. This is from Jobo Bonobo, who says, I have very limited exposure to the Professor Layton series, having only played bits and pieces of a friend's copy of Professor Layton and the Curious Village. One factor that stuck out to me was the lovely, whimsical soundtrack it had. One piece in particular, The Veil of Night by Tomohito Nishura, is a delightfully wistful tune that really paints a picture of the locale that you're exploring. Despite only playing it partially many years ago, this beautiful song has never left my mind. Veil vale of Night by Tomohito Nishura, indeed, from the first Professor Layton in the Curious Village, Level 5's intriguing series of cartoon puzzle games, originally on the DS, then they arrived on some kind of mobile systems, but then Android and iOS in more recent times. Yeah, I only ever played the first one, that one there, back in the day, I did complete it. thought it was very sweet, but for some reason... I never moved on to the sequels. But yeah, they're they're a char- I think it's quite a charming series that uh, that I would. I'm sort of surprised it's gone so quiet. Maybe they maybe they maybe Layton still has a home on mobile. I have a feeling that there's been some Leighton news in recent times where I've seen something about Leighton still existing. Tempted to look it up. Still going, Leighton? 2017, Leighton's Mystery Journey, Catriella and the Millionaire's Conspiracy. So that was the most recent one. That was on the 3DS four years ago. Came out in the West in 2019. So yeah, that's not so long ago at all. We may yet see more Leighton, is what I'm saying. Leighton is latent, rather than, or dormant, rather than canned. But yeah, some really lovely music from uh, that game, as I recall, and uh, I believe there's at least one archive requests still on our big spreadsheet that not, isn't that big anymore. We're down to yeah one page, I think, of requests from the community. I want to thank everyone for their requests over the past six and a half years. We've played the vast majority of them. Huge apologies if you haven't had your request on. But I think everyone who's on the list now has had at least one, probably several, played on the show those remaining requests I will not delete that spreadsheet because depending on the format in which we decide to return requests may or may not be a part of that I yeah I don't have a strong feeling either way I really enjoy them I particularly love them when we have a good uh, story although as I've always said it's not necessary but I like it when we get requests with a with a personal message behind so Maybe if we were to bring them back, and I'm just musing here, nothing is decided, we could uh, maybe focus on the ones where there is a, uh, (laughs) it could be like our tune, and that's a reference for older people from the UK. But uh, there was a a Radio 1 DJ called Simon Bates, who was very cheesy, very 80s FM DJ, who would play a piece of music from normally a, a love lawn or there would be a romantic and or sad story involving participants and uh, it would end with them playing some god awful power ballad from the 70s or whatever. Uh, we could do that. <laughs> I know we've had a few requests where the song has been uh, a kind of our tune, but uh, it's few and far between, as you can imagine. But in these days of increasingly people picking Video game music for their weddings and and dances and and going down the aisle and stuff like that. I don't see. I don't see that it's impossible. We just need to. uh, We need to get them together and find out what they are. Although we might end up with just playing Still Alive from Portal over and over again or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's a great tune, but I think we have played it several times already. (laughs) Now, a piece from a game that I'm not sure we've ever featured before. It's one in, I reckon it's in, like, <laughs> I reckon like many of you, it's in my backlog. And uh, it's one of those games that, uh, well, let's hand it over to Richard, who says, I can't believe it took me this long to play the Talos Principle, Team's excellent atmospheric puzzle game. It came out more than six years ago, but still feels fresh, immersive and relevant. The very deliberate mood of an abandoned MMO world fits the current epoch like a glove. Almost every puzzle still feels well designed and they are just difficult enough to make the player feel brilliant for figuring out each one. Coupled with all of that is the booming voice of a self-proclaimed creator deity and an ongoing existential dialogue with a waggish AI, which lends both gravitas and levity to the spaces between the puzzle challenges. The soundtrack by Damian Mravanac is also a standout as well. This track, Welcome to Heaven, is a wonderful introduction to this intriguing world.
2: risen from the dust, and you walk in my garden.
0: As ever, with apologies for my probable mangling of a Croatian name, Damjan Damjan Mravanac Mravanac. I'm sorry, I don't know. Lovely piece, though. Welcome to heaven from the Talos Principle. Our next selection on this podcast is from a game we covered back in Cana issue 401. An epic from 2018. Simon Sloth. says it's tricky to pick out a piece from the wonderful score for Red Dead Redemption 2. But if I had to. Then this would be it. I don't think I can say anything about the scene it plays in without spoiling the game. Needless to say, the piece integrates dynamically and flawlessly within it. And This is the excellently titled Revenge is a Dish Best Eaten. From the Mario Batkovich woody Jackson soundtrack of Red Dead Redemption 2 from 2018. PS4, Xbox One, PC and Stadia. No announcement regarding a next-gen update or patch for that one. Who knows? Could it happen? Once again, Rockstar's attention mainly seems to be on GTA 5 and GTA Online, understandably, because it makes them... Tons and tons and tons and tons of money. Not that Red Dead Redemption 2 did that badly at all. But it uh, the the online component just never caught on in the way that, uh, that GTAs did. And I still don't really understand why. But I've never played it. <laughs> so that maybe maybe the answer is there. I like the idea of it. But for whatever reason, they don't seem to be able to nail the hooks in the way that they did with GTA. It's curious. I have fond memories of the release of Red Dead Redemption 2 because uh, it was yeah, um, sort of no was it November 2018 and uh, I went with my partner Tanya up to Liverpool to see Jay, editor of this show, and his wife Kai. And Kai had been working on Red Dead Redemption 2 and as we were up there in Liverpool, the Launch was happening and there were massive posters for the game everywhere, massive electronic billboards, buses going past with the title on. It was uh, it felt like a real event. And yeah, I have fond memories of the trip and going to now I'm confused either. we, We went, yeah, I think we went to Anfield the first time and Goodison the second time. That makes more sense. I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. The first time we. we... No, the first time we went to Goodison and we looked at Anfield and vice. Yeah, the second time we went to Anfield. That's correct. It's all very confusing. (laughs) We lost both times anyway, but what you going to do? Yeah, we featured a couple of tracks from the Red Dead Redemption 2 OST before many gems on there. Uh, still, a few that are on my sort of rotation on Spotify of songs that uh, just yeah come up on the on the algorithm and always make me feel good. Out of left field, this next selection. Well, I say that it's uh, it's niche to me, uh, and I, I would say, yeah, looking at the developer and the publisher and the subject matter, obviously, Warhammer is a a name, the Games Workshop brand that's been around for decades and decades and decades. I had some time playing in and around that world back in my youth, which is a very long time ago now. My uncle briefly worked for Games Workshop in uh, Brighton as well. Not the shop, but the behind the scenes stuff, the publishing, the office. But they still make games and obviously the, the hardcore fans of the likes of Warhammer are still very much entrenched in that world. Perhaps Stalked by Cats is one of them, although Stalked by Cats says I haven't played the game yet. But as far as a soundtrack that sounds like someone doing heart surgery on a steam engine while in a church go, it's up there. It's a pretty good summation. Picture the scene. This is from uh, Guillaume David from Warhammer 40,000 Mechanicus. And the track is called New Sphere. So that's by Bulwark Bullock Studios and Casado Games from uh, Warhammer 40,000 Mechanicus. I looked at it on Steam. It seems to be a well-regarded tactics kind of game. There are just so many games, right? Another change of tone and genre and mood for our next request. This is from Colin Alonso, who gave us the option of playing either the short or the long version of this. We'll go with the short one but do seek out the long one. It's called Beach Buds. Collins says this plays at the base of the mountain in A Short Hike. It really captures the lazy late summer's afternoon vibe of folks just relaxing or ambling around the beaches and coastal paths. Mark Sparling with Beach Buds, the short hike version from A Short Hike by Adam Robinson Yu. Oh, mm-hmm. Mark Sparling there doing the music for A Short Hike. Adam Robinson, you, does pretty much everything else. But he's obviously not one of those folks who is also confident musically enough or adept enough to to make the music as well. And by the way, that is not in any way some kind of slight because those people who do absolutely everything on their game, I think that's kind of just ridiculous and uh, they should pipe down and let everyone have a go at being a competent human being fair play to Adam Robinson, you for not doing the music himself and getting Mark Sparling in to do a lovely job for him. A short hike, uh, definitely worth checking out according to a number of the Caner crew. So listen, I want to thank you folks for listening to sound of play, not just today, but forever since 2014, however many of these shows you've listened to. If there are some you haven't listened to, now's a good time to go and check them out because there's only one more sound of play in the current guise. I want to thank all the community requesters again for both today's requests and also for those across the last number of years. As I say, don't fret. There's still one more show with myself and Jay and Ryan, the three of us who started the ball rolling back in 2014. And as I say, don't be downhearted. There may be more. There may well be more Sound of Play in some form or another in the future after Sound of Play 300. But there'll be a gap. There'll be a while before we return, maybe refreshed and with some new ideas, some different ideas. But if we do bring it back, it will be absolutely still a continued passionate celebration uh, and exploration of video game music, as it's always been. Our actual Enjoyment of the subject matter is absolutely not any of the reasons why we're thinking of putting this on hold because, uh, yeah, video game music will always be a huge deal for those of us who make the show. Last selection is one again from me because, well, I really like it. And I tried to think of what it was called on our recent Doom Eternal podcast, but I didn't manage to click my brain into gear it's called slayer gates and i think for me this is the sort of closest track maybe i just haven't heard the others enough and maybe this is just the one that leapt out at me it could be one of those where the more i listened to the the ost although i did play the game for a lot of hours this is the one that leapt out at me and i found the most kind of instantly hooking and uh, and so it it reminded me in in that way of this game's BFG Patrol, although the BFG Patrol tune does indeed make a a triumphant return. Although there are those controversies about the production, the, uh, the engineering of the music in the game. But putting that aside, Slayer Gates by Mick Gordon is a cracking way to end this Sound of Play 299, my last solo Sound of Play in this current format. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy the tune and... We'll see you next time, one more time, for Sound of Play.